Hello and welcome to Carbon Removal Newsroom. I am Ross Kenyon, lead strategist with Nori, the carbon removal marketplace. I have with me today Paul Gamble, who is CEO at Nori. Paul has been uh, very excited. In fact, he pitched me on this story when he saw that Amazon has a new thing they're doing called Shipment Zero. So what is that, Paul? What's been happening with Amazon? Please, Mr. Editor, let me tell my story. Um, So I got really excited a couple days ago when Amazon released on February 18th a statement on their their day one blog, which is um, where they deal with sort of uh, community outreach foundational sustainability stuff. And the headline of this is called Delivering Shipment Zero, a Vision for Net Zero Carbon Shipments. It's Amazon's vision to make all Amazon shipments net zero carbon with 50% of all shipments net zero by 2030. And this is really exciting. This is something totally brand new from Amazon because, you know, we've been trying to research what different companies in the space are doing around their carbon emissions. And up until now, Amazon really hasn't said much in the past about carbon. They have laid out a long-term goal to power all of their global infrastructure using 100% renewable energy in the past, but they don't really have firm dates for that. And if you're a listener uh, to either reversing climate change or carbon removal newsroom, you understand well that just switching over to renewable energy isn't enough. We have to actually draw down carbon out of the atmosphere. So this is exciting because Amazon is an enormous company that has a huge carbon footprint. And it's also it's also interesting because, I, I mean, I'm an Amazon Prime member and I buy things off of Amazon frequently. And there are a lot of emissions wrapped up into all of those deliveries that we all benefit from. So Amazon can be a force for good in making consumer goods available to people widely anywhere in the world uh, at a low cost. But there is an environmental cost to that. And this is great because Amazon is finally starting to recognize that they have to deal with that cost. Is this in response, at least partially, to some of the criticism they've had over their carbon policies, both internally from employees and shareholders, but also externally? Uh, it, the timing of it makes me think that is quite likely. <laughs> so you're referring to back in November a group of more than a dozen Amazon employees filed a shareholder resolution that was trying to urge Amazon to publish some sort of report, at least show the information on what they believe their total carbon emissions are, um, because they haven't done that to date. And shareholder resolutions are a really interesting way to get companies to do that because they're they're put forward. They, um, I, I believe they go to a vote of the shareholders at the next shareholders meeting, which is in a month or two from now, I think, uh, with Amazon. So I think this is it, them probably trying to get ahead of uh, that action by those employees. Wow. Would they be able to... God, how much control would activist investors like that actually be able to uh, change policy at Amazon? Do you have any idea? It seems like at least the public pressure that they're they're putting on on Amazon is working. It seems like quite successful activism. Yeah, I mean that that story was picked up by the New York Times and a bunch of other uh, media outlets, so it was talked about quite a bit in the public sphere. When it comes to the ways that activist shareholders work, I mean that's a that's a whole other podcast, uh, and there probably are other podcasts just about that. I yeah, don't we know. should we should do one of those maybe maybe on reversing <laughs> climate change sometime. It, yeah, that'd be kind of interesting, but. There are lots of ways for small minority shareholder groups to leverage their power and get large corporations to move in ways that they want. So this is definitely a a useful tool for those people. Do you have any any sense on how they're actually going to achieve this shipment zero goal? 
no. no. <laughs> and, they, and they don't actually say it either. Actually, all that they said was that, to quote, uh, to track our progress on this journey and as part of an overall commitment to sharing our sustainability goals, we plan to share Amazon's company-wide carbon footprint along with related goals and programs later this year. This follows an extensive project over the past two years to develop an advanced scientific model to carefully map our carbon footprint to provide our business teams with detailed information, helping them identify ways to reduce carbon use in their business. And so they haven't shared any public information, but there is a group part of 350.org, 350 Seattle, who have done their own estimations on what the total carbon emissions are from Amazon shipping operations in 2017. And based on their research, they estimated that Amazon was responsible for at least 19.1 million metric tons of CO2 in 2017 alone, which sort of they they have a nice little infographic and we'll share this in the show notes that equates to uh, 4.7 coal fired power plants operating for one year or 2.9 million homes annual electricity usage that's just for the united states amazon operations or is that worldwide or that's a good question my guess is that that is probably in the u.s yeah i would i would expect that probably to be so they probably don't have good data outside the u.s that's i'm trying to think if it, if i expected it to be larger or smaller than that amount uh, given how many trucks, oh, you know what? I, I'm rereading it. It actually says worldwide. Oh, it's worldwide. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that actually maybe even strikes me as somewhat somewhat small for a company. But I don't know that I have the best basis of comparison across uh, enterprise to be able to say if this is a lot or not. Uh, that that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I guess if I'm thinking about all of the fleets of trucks that are constantly delivering Amazon Prime to people's door, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so for their methodology, 350's methodology to figure this out, they say, we arrived at 19.1 million metric tons by taking the average emissions per package, averaged from the publicly released data by UPS and FedEx, and multiplying it by the total number of Amazon packages delivered in 2017. The number of 2017 Amazon deliveries is an estimate from the company's released data point of prime members ordering 5 billion items worldwide in 2017 with the addition of another 30% for non-prime membership customers. Those are some big numbers. Okay. Wow. So this is a, a big move though. Um, so we'll be watching to see uh, how exactly they plan to do this. Do you have, you want to look into your crystal ball as Christoph likes to say it, reversing climate change, what, uh, what might happen here? Well, the reason I'm so excited about this, the reason I pitched this story to you, my editor, is that Amazon is a really interesting use case. I mean, we're, we at Nori, we're based in Seattle. Amazon's based in Seattle. And one of our missions or kind of our vision for the future of where carbon removal goes is building what we call the API for reversing climate change. And an API is just a, a way to connect different software applications. So when Amazon talks about getting their shipments to net zero carbon or half of them by 2030, they can't just like turn off the emissions. Um, when, when companies try to deal with their carbon emissions, they have a couple different ways of doing that. They might try to switch more of their energy consumption over to renewable energy. They might try to reduce overall emissions by making some sort of change to their operations or supply chain or manufacturing process, whatever. But then the last thing that they can do uh, when they're left with the final carbon emissions that they just can't get rid of is to offset them or remove them. 
And what I would love to see is a way for Amazon to just easily tie into an API for reversing climate change so that automatically, whenever an order is placed on Amazon.com, that same order also takes care of the software in the background for paying for removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. And I think that there's a lot of amazing potential there. Yeah, one of the things at Nori that I think makes us quite unique is the hardcore software focus, which is not always represented in environmental spaces. In fact, some of the original people we worked with got attracted to working with us because they're like, oh, God, there's a software application that can be built for climate change. And this is not a common thing. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a unique thing, but it's really needed if we're going to come up with scalable ways that distribute around the world. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else um, your editor should graciously allow you to say? Uh, Thank you. (laughs) No no problem. We won't always talk about Nori so much, but it did seem relevant. Thank you for listening to Carbon Removal Newsroom. If you like what we're doing here, please tell your friends. Please help us make carbon removal a bigger part of the conversation around climate change. Uh, Rate and review this podcast in iTunes. If you like it, if you don't, forget that I just said that. And thank you so much for listening.